All right, welcome back to the goalpost. We are in the best time of the year officially. It's time to celebrate everybody. Football's back. We just got through week one of college football, and we are coming up on opening night NFL kickoff. Patrick, how are we feeling? Amazing, Damien. Absolutely amazing. We're recording on Wednesday. It's officially the last day before uh, before we have NFL football for the rest of the season. It's amazing feeling. And it's just uh, it's exciting because, you know, everyone's 0-0. You never know what's going to happen. And it's just the whole season's ahead of you. And it's just filled with excitement and a lot of anticipation. And I, I just can't wait to get into it. I saw one of those uh, those classic Twitter posts that's like, this is the last weekend uh, before February 2024 without NFL football. And that just felt like a blanket, like coming over your shoulders. As soon as summer ends, you're just like, okay, it's here. It's here. It- it's amazing. You're going to have that stretch like late, early, late November, early December, where you're going to have like 20 straight days of football. It's Man. this is what you do it for, Damien. This is what you do it for. It's great. And for sickos like us, it really does line up with the CFL too. Like if you're crunching CFL, college and NFL, you're about to head into the prime of your months right now. This is the best time of the year, especially if you're betting, you're laying down some bets, you better stash away some some acorns in the in the tree so you can have something to work with by the end of the month still. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. Today, we're going to give you a big old divisional preview, one for every division, get you stocked, locked and loaded for this NFL season, get you kind of in the know, uh, maybe touch on a little fantasy just to keep you going and keep you ready for this season. It's going to be pretty straightforward. And we're going to start with what I think is going to be the best division in football. We're going to give it to you good and early here, the AFC East. This is a stacked division more than ever, Patrick. Absolutely, Damien. You got the new the newcomer, A-Rod. Aaron Rodgers is now in the division with the Jets taking over Delvin Cook. And then a couple of his Green Bay buddies as well, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. It That Jets team uh, is obviously the biggest question mark, I think, in this division. I mean, people are talking like they can you know, win the division, be this, be this new threat to the Super Bowl in the AFC. But you also get the opposite side where we saw it didn't work with Denver last year, bringing in a, a big name at quarterback who's a little bit past his prime probably, but still, still competent at, when he's... Yeah at the helm. But yeah, the Jets are the big question mark for me in this division. They they finished seven and ten last year. I think that's they will be improving upon that record this year. But the biggest uh change in records for me is I think New England in this division. They were eight yeah. and nine last year, kind of battling for a lot for a playoff wildcard spot. I I think they have potential to get like five wins this year. I, I have I them right bad. around six and eleven. I think it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for them. I mean, the hiring of Bill O'Brien, I guess it helps that offense in a sense that that uh, offense that's kind of been in shambles from a coaching perspective the past couple seasons. I guess that helps, but they're just slugging it out in a division of heavy hitters that I don't really think they have the firepower for. I think the Jets flipped their record from last year. I think instead of going seven and 10, I think they probably end up somewhere around 10 and seven. Um, But in a division with Miami and the Bills, who Miami almost made it past the Bills last year with a third string quarterback. So I think that for the Patriots to really do anything in this this division and keep this kind of machine going, it's going to take a lot because if it breaks down this year, then I think the floodgates kind of open in terms of questions about that team. 
Yeah, and they're going to be underdogs against all in all six of their division games. I don't expect them to go 0-6 because I'm sure, you know, they'll get the, the Bills in a game at home or something or even the Dolphins or whatever. But to me, this is a battle between the Bills and the Dolphins. Damien, I think the Jets will be good and I think they can compete for a wildcard spot. But I just think it's too early for this entire like it's a brand new offense i find at almost Mm -hmm. every skill position and i think it's hard for that to just instantly mesh and become this high-powered unit and i mean we're gonna find out right away monday night bills jets uh i think the bills are two and a half point favorites that's gonna be an immediate test and i think the jets their first their four games or so it's all against teams that were 500 or better last season so, I mean, like the Jets are going to have no warm up for this. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did play in some preseason games to kind of, I guess that does help. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how much it's going to help. But I think it's going to be between the Bills and the Dolphins, Damian, in this division. And unfortunately, I'm going to give it to the Bills still. I, I think a lot of people just aren't talking about the Bills as much. And I think it's they didn't get worse necessarily. And I think the addition of Dalton Kincaid is big for them. I think that's a dynamic receiving tight end that can open up the middle of the field for that passing offense. And I just think that the bills have to be dethroned, but I do think they can be. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I personally will go with the bills to win this division and Miami in a wild card spot. I agreed not to be uh, you know, chalky, but that's pretty much exactly how I see it in the sense of how that division lines up. Uh, and I think that the, the bills kind of like, a lot of teams who suffer that kind of preseason hype, as soon as it gets off their back a bit, you see it across, you know, multiple sports, even as soon as it gets off their back, they can kind of go into the season a bit more relaxed and just focus on winning football games. And I think that's kind of the Bills vibe right now. I do think one thing that's going against the AFC East is some tough, tough schedules. Um, the Bills, the Dolphins, and even the Jets have some of the harder schedules in the NFL this season. So I think that, you know, balancing that out with a tough divisional schedule, I think that these teams are going to beat the hell out of each other this season. So it's going to be an interesting kind of result. Once playoffs do come, these teams have kind of been known to battle injuries in the past, especially the Jets and the Dolphins. So I think that's something really interesting to watch. It's funny because, you know, we're talking about New England and, you know, we don't think they're going to do too well. But you like the, that could be the difference in winning the division and not winning the division is, you know, splitting against New England instead of going two and oh, because those yeah. are the games you have to win. And like I said, I do think th- these three teams are going to beat up on each other a bit. I think you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of them splitting between each other, a lot of one and one records in the division. So being able to take advantage of those games that you should win. That, that could be the difference for this division. I agree. Um, moving things over to the other side, to the NFC East, NFC Beast. This division is really interesting this year. Last year, it kind of had a bit of a renaissance. People loved kind of the NFC East, and not just because of the Eagles, but because of how kind of dynamic the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Commanders were, especially down the stretch leading into the playoffs. It was one of the more exciting divisions to watch in football. And I think it'll be more of the same this year. I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Do the Giants, you know, continue to get better amongst kind of that offseason, you know, shit show with Saquon for a bit there and and everything going into that, how well Dable did for his first year. Um, do the Eagles regress at all after kind of switching around some of their skill positions and having that let down in the Super Bowl? This division to me is the biggest toss up maybe in the NFL right now. 
Oh, the, this division excites me. I think this is the best division in the NFC for sure. I can see in a crazy world, all well, I mean, all four of these teams last year were 500 or better. I can see that happening again. Yeah. So I think the commanders who finished last in the division last year, I think they've improved a ton. Like you had Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz carrying that team to a 500 record. And no disrespect to either of them, but I mean, they're not starting quarterback caliber. And I mean, Sam Howell is a massive question mark. Yes, but I do think his upside is better than both of those guys by a long shot. I mean, you're going to have Jahan Dodson for the entire season this year. Terry McLaurin, you, you love him. Mr. Reliable, Mr. Thousand Yards every year. And I mean, Chase Young's going to be healthy on the defensive line. He's a guy who hasn't really factored into this team in a long time. And Montez Sweat, like that, their defense, along with a lot of playmakers on offense, like you ha- you're going to be running two running backs as well, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I like the commanders to compete for a wildcard spot and possibly make it. I like them to finish third in this division ahead of the Giants. Wow, I like that too. You know, the commanders are one of the teams that, I love watching in the NFL. There's a, there's kind of a handful of teams that I'll go out of my way on a Sunday to, you know, watch some of their games. And I've always thought they're a piece away. Like they're, it's one of those teams that you can legitimately say that about because there's not many holes other than the quarterback position in the past with this team over the past like two years. So when you look at somebody like Sam Howell with a high ceiling, like you said, if that starts to roll and he actually becomes like a really competent quarterback, then this team can easily knock off teams and make a way to a wild card spot. So I don't think that's outrageous at all. I still think with how strong the Eagles are, they're going to finish first in this division. Um, but I think that with the Giants, I, I it's really a toss up. I, I remember a lot of recording episodes last season where we found us talking about how the Giants defense got it done, but their offense let them down again, or the Giants offense got it done and their defense let them down again. They struggled to kind of put together complete games. And that's ultimately kind of what their peril was at the very end of the season. Um, But I think that the Giants, you know, interesting, we're not talking about the Cowboys at all. Like none of us have mentioned the Cowboys so far. Right where they want to be. Exactly. It's kind of like the Bills. Bills. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's kind of like the Bills. I mean, the Cowboys, I don't know. I mean, Mike McCarthy, The hopefully he's taking over the offense with Dak Prescott. You know, there's less chatter around him, which I'm sure is nice. Uh, They got Brandon Cooks, who's similar to Terry McLaurin, Mr. Thousand Yards, always finds a way to do it somehow. So that's a nice compliment to C.D. Lamb. Uh, You got Tony Pollard. As you know, he's going to be the feature back. He he's kind of took the reins last year, but Zeke was still chipping in. And I mean, you got Deuce Vaughn, who's a pretty electric running back as well. Uh, you got the new tight end out of out of Notre Dame. I, I don't they see have down. the pieces. It's it's weird that to to have this feeling about them because it, they they have no juice to me in the sense of people talking about them or people even being excited about their season. It just seems a bit dead to me. And they have a really good roster. Yeah, I just I guess it's because people are so confident in Philadelphia winning that division. Mm-hmm. But this division is very deep. And I mean, this might be crazy. I'm just trying to look at the other teams. Like I can see, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I can see every team in this division making the playoffs in the NFC. It's not outrageous to say given last season, like the Cowboys were a 12-win playoff team last year. Yeah, and that and feels I think, crazy to say. 
and there's no <clears throat> there's no depth in the NFC, especially in comparison mm-hmm. to the AFC. Other than I think those wild, it's wide open. Yeah, I think those wild card spots, like someone's got to take them, and I think there's a lot of good teams in the NFC East. I agree. Um, we're gonna go over back to the AFC now with a division that I I kind of find a lot of similarities with the NFC East in this year, and it's the AFC North. Like, talk about a dogfight. It's always the case in the AFC North, but in terms of teams that could all finish, you know, better than above 500 and really have a contention at stirring something up in a wildcard spot or making the playoffs is the AFC North. I want to know your initial, like, quick-hitting thoughts on what this season's going to be like in that division. I think since he's still still on top, I I think since he is still the best team in this division, I I mean I they lost Jesse Bates on defense, which hurts a bit, but I mean they're especially if Joe Burrow is playing Week One, since he's still the top dog in that division, and it, it's similar to like the Bills, right? Like you gotta dethrone them for me to kind of think otherwise, right? I don't know if they're gonna like finish the division on top, but to me, I think uh, Cincinnati's a complete team. Uh, I, I like Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to be better than they were last year. I think offensively, they're going to be better. You're going to see, you know, less Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, more like we can draw some plays up for guys like Zay Flowers, OBJ. Yeah. I mean, they got Aguilar. It's basically an entire new wide receiver room, right? Yeah. And I think that helps Lamar Jackson. He's got the big ticket now too, which adds a layer of comfortability, less noise. I love the Steelers too, man. I, I really do. Obviously, that uh, you know where I come from. I'm a Steelers fan, but I think Kenny Pickett made very good strides down the stretch. TJ Watt can stay healthy. I think they will be right in the thick of things in the wild card race. I'm not I don't know if they're gonna win this division, but I think they're gonna be battling for a playoff spot. They like the AFC North has the most favorable scheduling in the AFC. I think they got matched up with the um AFC, AFC South. South. Yeah. And the NFC South as well. Yeah. And I mean, we know that that's pretty ideal. (laughs) I think the Browns are going to finish below 500. It's very interesting with the Browns. I was listening to a little late night talk radio the other night, and they made a good point about saying that, you know, on paper, there's not a lot with the Browns that you can poke holes in, uh, especially like positionally, if you go by position uh, down their roster. And I think that, the biggest question mark is Deshaun Watson. Like, do you judge him on five years of being an elite quarterback or the one year of it being a shit show? It's really a hard thing to kind of play back and forth going into a season with a tough ass division. Like, do you, can you lean on him? And and that's what I don't know. It seems like he, like he's got to get out of the gates early. And I mean, they're playing Cincinnati week one. Yeah. Right. Like that's a huge matchup for the division for just everything. Right. And how it's going to go for your season. And yeah, like you said, Deshaun was not great last year. I mean, I'm, I know the circumstances were obviously not great for him either, but it's he has to be better if Cleveland wants to be good. And But I think a big thing that's kind of holding this team back, I guess you could say, is their coach. I think Kevin Stefanski is a below average head coach in this league and He's kind of been able to fly under the radar because he's had moderate success for what Cleveland can for for the Cleveland Browns, right? He's right. He has a playoff win. You know, he was seven and ten last year, but a lot of Browns fans will throw that season out because Jacoby Brissett was their quarterback for most of the year. 
But I mean, he just has so much talent that it feels like he hasn't untapped. Like, I mean, Nick Chubb is going to be a horse again, but offensively, it just felt like the, I don't know, is very one dimensional from Cleveland all year last year. And I don't, I just, I don't think Stefanski's um, a great head coach. Yeah. I think that with Cleveland, like you have weapons like Amari Cooper that you, you're just waiting to see kind of unlocked in that offense. And I think that's the perfect work for it and I think that you know every time around this year like everybody thinks this is where this is the year that the Browns put things together and they make a playoff run they have you know good skill position talent they have probably the best like you know maybe the best offensive line in the AFC you could argue Um, and I think that he looked so awful that last year that I don't have any confidence in them to kind of stir up anything in this division so I see the Bengals winning this division as well with the Ravens coming in right behind. But again, the Steelers making some noise in, in the wild card race. By the end of this, we'll have to choose some play, actual playoff lock-ins, which is going to be a tough decision. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Um, moving on to the NFC North, a division that has been absolutely dominated in the past that has started to open up in the past few years and is now really more wide open than ever with a lot of teams kind of hovering around. I would say the same, the same kind of vibe or the same aura to me, the the Vikings might be a bit of a step higher based on the season they had last year. But right now, as I see it, Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota are kind of all in the same ballpark right now, and it's going to come up to some big matchups, and that starts with Detroit on Thursday night, which we'll talk about later, but if the Lions want to really turn this around and show that this is the season that you know we've done the rebuild part, now we're actually here to contend and win a division, I think it starts early for them, and it the few like couple weeks at the start of the season are really going to be telling. I mean, yeah, this is this is probably the first season in Detroit in a long time where there's expectation and like yep. not like national notoriety. You're opening the season on Thursday night against the Chiefs. And I mean, I don't like there's just a weird feeling in Detroit this year that you never see happen. And I think I'm going to hop on board. I think I'm going to ride the Lions this year. I think I'm going to have some fun watching that team. Uh, Goff is a fun quarterback to watch. I'm under all St. Brown is one of those wide receivers. I I guess he's kind of not flying under the radar as much after last season, but right. boy, is he he's one of the best. But yeah, this this opening schedule is gonna be huge for them. Uh so like we said, at the Chiefs, but then it's you know, kind of throw that out because that's gonna be a tough one for them to win. Yeah. Now it's like you just get thrown right into an NFC gauntlet. Seahawks week two, Falcons week three, at Green Bay week four. Carolina, Tampa Bay. Like that's a schedule. So if you take the Chiefs out for those five games, I would say you kind of have to go three and two at worst. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that Seahawks game week two is going to be sneaky hard to win. You know, you're at, you know, you're back at home. It's your home opener. You're going to have a lot of juice, but that Seahawks team, a lot of people are high on. And I think, you know, we'll get to that later, but that is an absolute gauntlet to start the season in terms of games that could really go either way. This is a team that, you know, notoriously loses games in tough fashion. And I think that this is the year that you kind of have to turn that over and really start changing that opinion. Little fantasy side note, uh, Jameer Gibbs in the spotlight on Thursday night is going to be something special to see. 
Like if if people have taken him, you know, super high and and he's in that spotlight, turn those lights off. I have him in one of my leagues, so let's let's hope those lights aren't too bright, and let's hope he's got some sunglasses on because that could be a big uh, determinator in my season. Yeah. One more thing about this division, um, the Packers with Jordan Love, I think, is actually something really interesting this year in terms of. You know, you can't call him a rookie anymore, but in terms of guys who are now stepping into that role, there's a lot of them around the leagues uh, on week one this year. And I think that he might be the one who's most set up to succeed. You know, he's had time in that offense. He's had time under Aaron Rodgers learning that offense. We saw him last year a bit. I think that if there's anybody who's really set up, especially with, you know, a young receiver room that he can kind of grow and build his own chemistry with and kind of make this offense his own. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a really impressive uh, first couple weeks. I I like his, like, uh, I guess his fundamentals and just like how he throws the ball and he, he looks like a quarterback. Yeah. His, my biggest thing with Jordan Love and from a very small sample size is just his decision-making. I feel like he has a tendency to maybe panic or, just be a one read kind of guy and not go through the full progression. Yeah. But I mean, that's all, all young quarterbacks kind of go through that, but it's like just show improvement along that throughout the season. And then I think like you are the guy in green Bay, but I think this is a big year for Jordan love. If they go below 500, I can't imagine them being confident in him going forward. Like uh, a 100% we're giving you an extension it's probably like, yeah, we're going to start looking at some guys in the draft, maybe. I think another team, like, this division is so fun. I, I th- This division is amazing. I think the Bears, the Bears are, are going to be fun uh, to watch. They're going to be must watch TV this year. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't, they can't be worse than last year, three and 14, no. but I think that's going to be must watch football with them. And I think Fields is going to throw the ball a bit more. DJ Moore is like an actual number one wide receiver there. And, I also like, do we think the Vikings are going to repeat a 13 and four season with how many one win games they had last year? I have no idea. I I think the Vikings are the biggest question mark in this division somehow after an impressive ass season last year. Uh, I think everybody's fallen in love with Kirk Cousins in the offseason, rightfully so. Um, But I think that in terms of this team really keeping an identity, especially after losing somebody like Dalvin Cook, I know you know, we're high on this podcast on Alexander Madison. Um, but that's a lot of snaps. That's a lot of yards to replace. That's a guy that's four straight thousand yard season. So I think that this is an offense that really has to put up or kind of shut up. I think they have the weapons on the wide receiver position to kind of make it happen. Um, but they definitely don't have like the easiest schedule I've ever seen. Like they got a bit of a gauntlet after week one. They have the Buccaneers week one to kind of, I think they'll get a nice win in that game, but then you go Eagles, Chargers, Panthers, Chiefs. So it's definitely not an easy slug after that. So they've kind of been, you know, punished, you know, as the NFL schedule works with their schedule this year. Uh, But it's going to be those, again, I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but those first few weeks are going to be huge for a lot of these teams. Well, because it just feels like there's no certain division winner mm-hmm. in here. So it feels like yet three of these teams could be fighting for a wild card spot. And like you like especially for the Lions, those four of the first five games are against NFC opponents that will probably be competing for those wild card spots. And yeah. in a wide open conference like this, like 
I think there's probably three, maybe four teams in the NFC that I can see maybe doing something and like actually getting their name in their hat to maybe win a Super Bowl. But outside of that, I think it's a complete toss up for any of the wildcard spots. Yeah, I think the Vikings are a fun team for fantasy, but in terms of, you know, picking them to win this division, I don't have the most confidence in. I think it's going to end up being a rate, you know, a three-team race obviously between the Lions, the Packers, and the Vikings, but I think the this is the year that the Lions can actually in terms of of schedule strength and being able to get it done, I think Jared Goff takes another step this year in terms of just being a reliable rock in that offense. Um, but I like the Packers to kind of stir some noise and kind of almost eliminate the Vikings and kind of eat this division alive from the inside. I think it'll end up only really being the Lions that move on into a playoff picture from this division. And I think given the strength of the AFC, I think the other team in this division will kind of eat themselves alive and it will only end up with Detroit. Yeah, I mean... Who knows, right? But I, no. I definitely don't hate what you said. Uh, I don't think I'm as high on Green Bay as you are. But, I, I mean, this division, you, if you told me Green Bay won this division, I wouldn't be that surprised. Right. It's not that outlandish. Um, no. But moving on now to the AFC South with one of the more exciting teams to watch in football this year. It is led by the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion. I think that... Whether the Jaguars are kind of capable of handling those really top-notch AFC teams like the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs won't really be answered until you know January, but they're going to be there. I think that this is a team that is going to destroy this division other than those tight Tennessee games, I think. Um, I think they're going to kind of clear this divisional schedule and end up winning this division. Otherwise, I think other than Tennessee, it's going to be tough for any other team in this division to make some noise. This division is disgusting. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at their records from last year. So we got Jacksonville who won the division with a 9 and 8 record. Tennessee was 7 and 10. Indianapolis was 4 12 and 1 and Houston was 3 13 and 1. Those are some of the ugliest records you'll see. I mean, we're getting to the NFC South next. That's not much better. But I think a lot of people might be making a jump on Jacksonville, Damian. I like if you look at it, like they're they were nine and eight last year, and I mean obviously they had that ridiculous comeback win. But I think like, what are the chances of that comeback win? I think it was the biggest comeback win in playoff history, right? Twenty seven mm-hmm. nothing. I like Jacksonville. I like what they got going on over there. I think they're a lock to win this division. I don't see any way they don't win this division. I don't know what Calvin Ridley is going to bring. I think Calvin Ridley is definitely going to help. And I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to want to throw the ball. My issue is, is Trevor Lawrence at that level of quarterback where you're just, the game is in his hands and he's throwing the ball 40 plus times a game. Right. I, I, I just don't know. I think like, I love their offense in the sense that you do have Travis Hetien who can eat some snaps. And I think going down the stretch, I don't know who, inspired more kind of confidence in me last year going down the stretch than Trevor Lawrence. I think he had some moments in those games that towards that playoff push that were absolutely like world-class in terms of his arm talent and his ability to fit the ball in really tight windows. And I think that that 
only really takes a step up this year. I don't think he's regressed really a single year since high school, right? Like he came out of high school being the number one recruit, then came out of the end, uh, out of college being the number one recruit. And I think he's gotten better every single season he's been in the NFL. So in terms of things I'm looking for in a quarterback, I think he gives me a lot of confidence. And I think kind of their fate's in their hands this year. I think that they are going to go as high as they want to go. And with an offense this talented, they can. What do you think about Tennessee? Garbage. I, I think everyone in this division is so bad except for Jacksonville. Like is, who is starting for for Tennessee? Is it Malik Willis or is it uh I think it's it... Tannehill. Oh yeah, I always forget Tannehill. Yeah. If in my mind Tannehill is gone cuz they've drafted quarterbacks <laughs> the past 2 years pretty early and in my head I'm just like yeah, Tannehill's gone, but no, you're right. Tannehill is still there. We're Derek so going to get a, a quarterback Tannehill on quarterback by the way, the season 2. It's definitely going to be him. Tannehill's not finishing the season with, <laughs> exactly, with the Titans. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's gonna be brutal. Uh, like I don't know this this division is actually so bad. Uh, like I guess if you're a Colts and Texans fan, you got you know exciting young QBs to watch. Uh, Texans, I, I believe Mechie's gonna be playing this year. Shout out Brampton. Yep. Uh, nice nice to see that he's he's come back from from that diagnosis. And I I don't know, man. Like I think Anthony Richardson is going to be a mess, a hot mess as he navigates his way through the NFL. I think he will get better as time goes on, but I think those first four weeks are going to be really rough, really, really, really rough for him. I think CJ Stroud can kind of survive, right? He's a pocket passer. I think he can survive, throw the ball. I think he's definitely going to have some dumb throws, some dumb interceptions, but he's a rookie, right? Just see that you can make steps, but I don't see Tennessee even coming so they finished seven and ten last year they're they're going six and eleven this year yeah i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility i don't know a brable coach team you never know they they play really hard um but i mean there was no team we were talking about more letting you know their defense down than tennessee last year and i think that that is kind of doomed to repeat this year i think that they didn't really get that much better yeah it i think they're not gonna get blown out you know DeAndre Hopkins is is a weapon, so you can say on paper they got a lot better, but as a unit, I don't think that they're going to perform a lot better magically out of nowhere. Neither do I. It just feels like there's not a lot of talent on yeah. this team, and it's hard to win when you don't have a lot of talent in the NFL. I agree. Um, so moving things on to an even more disgusting division, let's go to the NFC South. With a division that nobody wants to talk about this year, we got the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, the Panthers. Where do these teams end up? I have no idea. That's pretty much my my take on this division right now. This people seem to be high on the Saints. I've seen people put the Saints like as Super Bowl contenders in some fucking places. So I'm kind of high on the Saints, not that high, but no, I'm high on them to win this division. Yeah. I, I think you just got to slow it down and just look through it, right? So you got Tampa Bay. They won the division last year. They might be the last place team in the league this year. Baker Mayfield is not going to be doing much. And, I mean, Rashad White is is an okay player. If you got him in fantasy, I think he's going to get his touches. But outside of that, like, I don't know if Mike Evans is going to be even getting the ball. He, he seems to be battling his contracts. Godwin, like, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a bit of a mess this year. Panthers? 
probably not going to be a great year for them either, right? You got Bryce no. Young as, you know, rookie season. Like Adam Thielen's in there out of nowhere. Miles Sanders. number one fucking option. It's, it's like a... Yeah, Carolina's like the land of misfit toys right yes. now. Where like, Hard. Oh, he's he's on that team? Like, he's there? Like, it's that. That is the Carolina Panthers this year. So then you got the Saints and the Falcons. I think those are the two teams in this division. And my biggest thing is, I think Derek Carr is, you know what you're getting out of Derek Carr. And I don't know what the hell Desmond Ritter is going to be. Yeah. No clue. I have zero clue. I think he's got weapons surrounding him. Drake London, Bijan, Kyle Pitts. But I think Bijan's a big old question mark too. Yeah. Like I just, there's no certainty with the Falcons. I think you get a nice sense of stability with the Saints. Like you got Olave. It looks like Michael Thomas is going to be actually playing this year, which, you know, he he's good. Cam Jordan's still there. Marshawn Lattimore, like Demario Davis. You got like the Saints have a foundation in place. I don't see that with the Falcons yet, but I do think the Falcons are going to be an exciting team to watch. And I do think they can compete for this. If, if it clicks for them, they can win this division. I agree. And I think stability is, is a really good keyword there because I think that, you know, we could see some Desmond Ritter stat lines that are like 13 for 17 with, you know, 107 yards. I just, I really see that coming. And Derek Carr is at least a guy who's going to fucking throw it. He's going to throw the ball with weapons. Yeah, with weapons. So you can at least feel comfortable, especially in divisional games for them. I think that, you know, playing at home, New Orleans gets a lot of juice as well. You can kind of lean on that. And I think they will come out of this division, which them in a playoff spot is going to be kind of crazy down the stretch to to see how that happens. Like last I year, we had that, you know, or in years past, we've had that like Bucks commanders matchup due to those weird divisional finishes. Like it's going to be great. I do think the Saints finish above 500. I do. I think they finish right around like kind of nine and eight territory. Yeah, I think 10 and seven's their their yeah. peak, like yeah. their ceiling. And I think eight and nine is probably their floor. Yeah. Whereas like I can see the Falcons, you know, if it clicks, it clicks and they somehow win 10, 11 games. But I can also see the Falcons going six and 11, like seven and 10. It's not out of our, the realm of possibilities. No, I think they're one of like a, they're a, big 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 question mark but not in like a bad way yeah it's just like you don't know what they're gonna be i just think there's falcons fans have reason to be excited though which they haven't in years past so i think you got that going for you if you're looking at atlanta or you got any futures on them i think you know if arthur smith can just figure out how to get the ball in all of these guys hands i just almost feel it my mind's going fast here but it feels like there's just almost too much young talent on this team and someone is going to have to show early maturity and almost take a back seat. You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it feels like yeah. they all want it. Cause they're all young and they're like, yeah, yeah. well, I'm good. Tyler Algier taking like, you know, 15 snaps. Like I, it, I agree. It's going to be a bit of a, kind of a bit of a feeling out process for them. It, they, they don't seem like a team like they seem almost if you were to compare them to the Lions, they're like a year behind or almost like a year or two behind in the sense of having some leaders in that locker room who are able to kind of take control and lead, you know, that team to some wins. I think that that division is going to be a toss up, but it is going to be entertaining. I think that that's one thing that's for sure. Um, but Moving on now to the AFC West, 
a division that, you know, is very chalky to pick uh, up front because you know the Chiefs are going to be there at the end of the season. You know they're always going to be in the mix. Um, but the rest of the three teams, again, who the hell knows? It just feels like that for a lot of these divisions. Who, who knows? And it feels like in the AFC, like the NFC, it's kind of a who knows, but because no one's really good. Yes. In the AFC, it's the opposite. It's like everyone's good. So mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to become the best. And exactly. it's kind of just hard to decipher through all the news and all the updates and all the just stuff that you're putting into your brain. And you just got to, you know, I guess kind of guess in, in some ways. But this division... Always an exciting one. Yeah, I think that the Chargers are the biggest question mark in terms of taking that step forward. I think a lot of people, you know, have low expectations for the Raiders and the Broncos in terms of teams that if they do, you know, stumble to seven or even eight wins, people are going to be really impressed with that. Um, And I think that Denver will likely finish right around that kind of eight and nine spot. I think that the Raiders will finish on the lower end of that, like a five or six win season. Um, But ultimately, I think that the Chargers are going to fucking nestle right into that wild card spot. And then it's going to be a real, you know, toss up in terms of whether they can defeat their demons. It's it's really a demon team. Yeah, they they kept Brandon Staley after that, you know, monumental loss in the playoffs to Jacksonville. It, it just feels like they're always fed up with him. Like fa- the fans of Chargers, of the, yeah. of the Chargers are always fed up with him. Never happy. I Denver can't do worse than they did last year. No. I can see them maybe getting to nine and eight, maybe, right? Like I think Sean Payton will give a sense of comfort to Russell Wilson. Um, I, I think Javante Williams, healthy at running back all year, will, will be an upgrade for them. And I, I mean... The Raiders, it, it's a shame Jimmy Garoppolo is taking over that offense. It's just, it, it leaves you with so many more questions than answers in terms of where that team is headed, because I feel like he's almost, he's like a figurehead for, for a charity. It's like, you yep. just like place him in. It's like, look guys, we got Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Look at him. And every, everybody's like, all right, yay, I guess. And I just, I, I don't. I don't feel any juice out of that offense. I was so scared of Devontae Adams in my fantasy drafts this year. So scared. I just go like Garoppolo was supposed to be throwing this guy the ball all year. He's, he's going to throw a fit in like week six, six and just like stop playing. I don't he's know. I think mysterious the Raiders injury. Yeah. Mark Davis leading this team. I, I don't think uh, the Raiders just seem like a hot mess. Chargers big year i think they just go 10 and 7 again yeah i don't think they improved i don't think they really added anyone i mean they drafted quentin johnson out of tcu which is just another mike williams on their team yeah essentially their biggest hope is they they gotta expect that herbert is still going up that yeah. he hasn't plateaued that he's still developing he's still going up and he's only going to get better because if he gets better then this team will be better but if he's the same as last year it's the same team. Well, they it had the, the, the chip on their shoulder last year of those early injuries, and they said, fuck it, we proved it, we got to the playoffs. 
this year you're healthy now. So I think that the expectations are high for the Chargers. Like this is one of the teams that is coming into this season with a lot more pressure, I would say, than a lot of other teams. And yeah, this is this falls all on the back of Herbert and whether you can make something out of that offense and that coaching at a consistent rate to kind of be, you know, the top competitive dog. You're going to find yourself if you're the Chargers with those Ravens, those Dolphins competing, uh, those Jets competing for those wild card spots. You're going to have to show that you're one of those big time teams as well. Yeah, I think Brandon Staley's number one on the coach hot seat going into the season. Yeah. Uh, I think if they miss the playoffs, like he has to be gone. I don't understand why he would get any more any more leash on this team. But I, it's yeah, it's it's Chiefs are gonna probably win this again, and then it's you know it beat up on the Raiders when you get them on your schedule for if you're the Chargers, beat up on the Broncos. It never happens with division games. It never does. But it's mm. that's why it's so crucial if you can get that two and zero against a below average team in your division. But I only see two possible playoff teams coming out of this division. I do not see the Raiders or the Broncos sneaking into the wild card. I agree. Uh, Moving on to the NFC West, our last division. So the NFC West has been, you know, a bit of a dogfight the past year in terms of teams going kind of back and forth like we've seen the rise of the Rams and the fall of the Rams in the past few years we've seen the consistent rise and you know stable rise of the 49ers the big one this year is do the Seahawks rise now in this division do they come up and now be a team that finishes at a 10 and 7 at a 11 and 6 after you know really being a, a team that nobody really knew about the identity other than Geno Smith last year and weren't really you know, feared in terms of being a tough playoff team to play this year. It seems like a lot of people have kind of changed their opinion, especially after a productive off season and getting people like Jackson Smith and Jigba. What are your, what are your thoughts on the, on the Seahawks right now? I'm, 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 I think I'm in, I think I'm in, I, I don't know if, you know, I'm going to say they're going to go win the super bowl or no. anything like that. But to me, I, I, Gino's the big question, right? I, I want to buy into Gino. I, I liked him down the stretch. I, I said, you know what? Like Gino is what this team needs. He's going to stand in the pocket and get the receivers the ball. And then if you can get a running game, he, he'll survive. And he did. And he had a pretty good renaissance year last year. Will he do it again, Damian? Will he do it he again? He put up a lot of yards, dude. I was looking at his stats the other day and I was like, okay, that's... It's it's almost too many yards to be a fluke in that sense. Like the and they're only going to get better in terms of their receiving core. He's got a lot of weapons to work with. I think a lot of people have some questions about the Seahawks running game. It's been moving around a lot. I like Zach Charbonnet. I think he's going to be pretty dynamic in that offense. I think that this is a team that kind of takes advantage of having you know, a season where they didn't have a lot of expectations last year and are trying to form an identity. I think they have a chance more than anybody to kind of reestablish themselves as, uh, as an NFL team that people really respect. I think they lost a lot of that after those Super Bowl years. I think it's come down, especially after the departure of Russell Wilson last year, they, they were the fun team. They were the team, you know, people had a lot of fun rooting on Geno with, and, you know, you catch them in night game spots. They'd get a lot of attention. 
Um, but I like them to kind of shake up some noise here and be, you know, well positioned for another, you know, playoff run. Um, switching to the 49ers, what do we think about the 49ers in terms of, you know, a lot of questions at the quarterback position right now? Yeah, I think they lose week one personally because of the amount of question marks they've had yeah. or in that, you know, I just think it's going to be a lot for them week one. I don't see them having as good of a record as last year. I have them winning this division still. I think there's too much talent on that team on the offense. And, you know, Brock Purdy, like we saw what he is. He's get it in the hands of the receivers as quick as possible. Yeah. Maybe take one or two deep shots a game. Defense though, right? Like Bosa's holding out still. That's a, that hurts. He's uh probably their best pass rusher. And I mean, I know you got enough depth on that defense. Your linebackers are amazing, safeties, your corners. Probably the best defense in the league. But I mean, the the engine that kind of makes it go is your pass rusher. And I think you need him to succeed. And but yeah, I don't I don't know about the 49ers. You're right. Like it just there's this something about Brock Purdy, and I know he kind of did it last year, but I still don't have I don't know, trust in him. I, I guess that would be the word. Like there's something that makes me think there's a reason why you're Mr. Irrelevant. And I like, I just think it's that not there's crazy something. To think. I, I think know. that this team stumbles their way to 10 wins this year, whether it's solidified or not. I think that they're at the point of being that talented to do something like that. I think that not having Bosa is, is killer because that's the thing that teams really fear heading into playing against you, right? Like you're drawing up entire plans to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands before Bosa gets to you. So I think that without that, people aren't really as scared. It's kind of like with the Dolphins and Christian Wilkins, like with him finally coming back and returning to his option. Now you can kind of have some confidence there before it was like, okay, you know, we're not worried about that. We can put that aside. I think for that, for them to kind of retain that dominance they had and that, you know, mentality that they're the ones who are in the way of, of the Eagles getting to the Super Bowl, I think it's going to take a lot this year to kind of glue this team back together. They don't really feel like, you know, a, a unified squad at this point to me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I do still think they win this division. Yeah. I think kind of comfortably. I, I think the Seahawks... They end up with a similar record to last year. I like they were nine and eight last year. I think they might finish ten and seven on the high side. Uh I think the 49ers go, I don't know, say eleven and six, twelve and five. Uh, and then the other two teams in this division are garbage. garbage. Uh, I have I have the Cardinals as the worst team in the league. I I think that's like they might not win a game this year. I hate uh the them. Rams. I the Rams seem just like a hot mess as well. This was a once proud division, Damian. This was a once proud division. I'm looking at it. They are. They have it's two disgusting, teams, dude. They have two teams, and like, hey, here's something though for you. Just before you get on this, the Rams hold their 2024 first round pick. Shocking. Through, through all this shit, they still hold. Like, if they go, if they go three, and you know whatever they could end up with a first overall pick and take Caleb Williams and be right back in the mix. I was about to say like 
they're in the market for drafting a quarterback, right? Like has Matthew Stafford, is he is he guaranteed to play this year? Yeah, yeah, it's weird, man. I think he's he is taking a backseat in the sense that like I think he knows it's good. I think he's just trying to enjoy it. Maybe get to another Pro Bowl and enjoy like my Hawaii. Yeah. Other than that. I don't think he sees a lot for himself this season. You know what I want out of the Rams this season? I want Stafford to kind of, you know, fake one of those injuries again, and we get like eight games of Stetson Bennett. That would be fantastic. I need it. And and what's, you know, like you said, the Rams have their first rounder. So why do do they care? Because then you can just go get your Caleb Williams or a million other quarterbacks that are going to be in the first round of this year's draft. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but it's it, it's going to be a race between the the Rams and the Cardinals for last place in the NFC. I think. I agree. There's nothing to be excited about in Arizona or LA this year, especially from a fantasy standpoint. Stay away from those teams if you haven't already. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, but now we are coming to the tough part of this discussion, which is the playoff picture. Uh, I think that this is it's hard to find seven teams um, in kind of either division who you really feel solid about putting down on paper as your teams who are going to make the playoffs. Um, but I think that I can go with my NFC list first. I think that this is where we're going to have to kind of be a little bit bold here. Uh, I think that we start off with division winners. I'm going Saints, Lions, 49ers Eagles in the playoffs nothing crazy there uh I think that those are things that I mentioned throughout the podcast of why I'm kind of interested in them but now we get down to the nitty-gritty who are going to be the three teams here to kind of make it in I think that like we just mentioned I want the Seahawks like we mentioned before I'm gonna go reluctantly with the Giants my heart wants to go with the commanders and that position like if i'm in my heart of hearts i want to put the commanders as a playoff team right now um but i think there's just just a bit too many questions there like we know what we have with danny dimes a bit better um but that comes down to the last spot here i'm i'm juggling around between a few teams that i don't entirely feel confident with picking um but i think that with all things said i think (laughs) I think I am going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to change my tune a bit more okay. from, from earlier in this podcast. I think that they, if they can sneak to like a nine and eight, like teams get into the playoffs with nine and eight records in the, in the NFC, it, it happens. So if they can sneak to nine and eight, I think I'm comfortable putting the Vikings there. I just don't really want to get burned by a team that at least had 13 wins last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the NFC for me is harder to pick. Uh, because I think, you know, I, I kind of said it before the AFC, it feels like there's like 10 teams that you can argue are going to make the playoffs for, for good reason, because they're Mm -hmm. good football teams. Not the same can be said in the NFC where it feels like it's like, who's going to find a way to get to nine and eight. Like you just said, cause last year Seahawks got in nine and eight giants got in at nine, seven and one and the friggin' Buccaneers won their division at eight and nine. So you know, if you can get to nine and eight, you're going to be right there for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. I ha- I kind of have the same division winners. I have one different. So I'm going to go Philly to win the East, San Fran to win the West, uh, New Orleans to win the South, and the Vikings to win the North. Okay. Um, My wildcard teams. Did you mean to leave the Cowboys out? I did. 
Okay. I just wanted to. I was. Yeah. I thought. Okay. So I'm going Cowboys. Okay. Going Cowboys. Oh yeah, this is so much harder to pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lions. And I'm gonna go Commanders. I'm leaving out the Giants and Seahawks, and I guess the Falcons too, and Packers. Those are the only teams I could consider. So yeah. Eagles, 49ers, Vikings, Saints, and then Cowboys, Commanders, Lions, Wildcard. I don't a little hate different. That. I don't hate a little that. different. Yeah, I don't yeah. hate that at all. I think that those it could really end up either way there. I think that this is now it it's almost much easier to do the AFC in a sense that it feels chalky to pick because it feels like there's less kind of up in the air. I'll go first. I got like Chiefs, Jags, Bills, Bengals. It's not crazy for anybody to say that, I think. Um, but then in the wild card is where it gets really interesting. And I think I'm repeating almost with Ravens, Dolphins, Chargers. I think those are the three teams that I'm the most confident about shaking up kind of noise outside of that AFC picture. I think that leaves the Jets on the outside. Um, that leaves teams you know, kind of like Steelers. Even if you wanted to argue, yeah, Steelers on the outside. I think that in terms of the AFC with everybody healthy, I think this is how this, this ends up. I I think that makes a lot more sense. Okay. So I'm going to go chiefs to win the West. Shocking news. Jags to win the South. Oh, I'm going to say Steelers to win the North and I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Dolphins to win the East, Damien. I'm going to go Dolphins to win the East. I'm going to have a little bit of a little parody here. Then for the wild card, I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to go Bengals and I'm going to go Ravens. I think it's a three, three AFC North. Something about the Jets, man. We, we kind of just talked about it. It's a lot to come together and make the playoffs in, in your first year when you have that many new pieces. Something about the Chargers, it just feels like they're going to get injuries again, and I do not like Brandon Staley. And then the Browns. I, I, I've i talked about the Browns. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them. I don't love Stefanski, and I, those those are my teams. Those, I, those are the teams I'm riding with, Damian. I think they're similar in the sense that you know it's going to be Regardless of whether you end up as a divisional winner or as a wildcard team, it's going to kind of be the same picture of everybody just kind of squeezing into the playoffs at the end there. I think that the Steelers have a very good chance of making the playoffs through winning that division. I also think they have a very good chance of like a kind of a heartbreak season at the end, like at the end of the season in terms of you get a few games that don't go your way. I think that they're a team that's had some bad luck in the past with that. Um, that they do have the pieces to really kind of turn it around and be a force in that division. They're another team. I really like watching George Pickens, I think is going to be great this year. Um, But that's kind of our playoff picture. I think that this was heavy. We got through a lot of teams, but ultimately I think that kind of gives you a good picture of what the NFL is going to be like this year. Yeah. We mentioned every single team. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a fan of any team, you know, we, we, we touched on your team might not have been, too in depth, but we we've mentioned every team name. Uh, it feels like you said. I think AFC. You just got to find your way into that playoffs picture. Yeah, anyway, I think 
any team in the AFC can go win the Super Bowl that makes the playoffs. I think it's that tight and that competitive. It feels like the, the NHL. AFC. Like it feels yeah. like a, like a NHL playoff picture is like an eight seed could really stir some shit up and go and win. But almost in more of like a parody way because it's one game, mm-hmm. right? It's like one game. It's not like yeah. a series where you know the better team can kind of prevail yeah. over seven games. Point. It's, it's you got one game, and if you're not on that one game. The other team's not bad on the other side, so it's going to be very competitive. And oh boy, am I excited! I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. I want to just skip 24 hours and just get to that Thursday night game. Speaking of, we'll come back to you after this with our Lions and Kansas City Chiefs preview for the Thursday night. We'll be back right after this. All right, we're back now to give you your Thursday night football opening kickoff matchup. We got the Detroit Lions going down to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs, the top dog. This one is absolutely what the Lions have been waiting for. They've been waiting for this national attention. They've been waiting for this stage. Now it's time to show that they kind of deserve to be there. Yeah, I mean... It feels surreal that the Lions are just kicking. I just can't get it into my brain enough that the Lions, Chiefs, Week One, it's just the two Super Bowl content, Super Bowl preview, Lions, Chiefs. It's like they listen right. to like a fan section who were like, "Put the Lions on on opening night." And they're like, I, right, I I just guess. I really think that they're gonna try and create that Mahomes golf magic that we had in 2017. I like that. There had to be something in their mind that was like, this, this is how we're kicking off the season. They put up over 100 points last time they played. And I think it's safe to say that I'm on the over, Damien. I, I don't have, I will have a lean for the side, which I'll get to later. But I just, I love this over. I don't understand, you know, first game of the year. If I'm kicking staying up till 1 a.m., yeah, on the first game of the year. 52 and a half. It came down. It was a 54 at one point, I believe. So, you know, you're not getting it at an insanely high number. Definitely a high number, but, you know, reasonable. I'm going to sit back, take the over, relax, and just hope for touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Yeah, I think I feel like I'm so used to seeing, like, you know, through the Patriots years, like a, a Patriots-Cowboys opening night, like something like that. A team that you kind of think like, okay, this makes kind of sense. Like if they, maybe if they did like even like a Casey Jacksonville matchup, I feel like would have made sense to a lot of people on opening night. Something like that. A team with a ton of buzz. But the Lions are here. And I think that the over is definitely a play, especially for watching this game. All I want to do is kind of sit back and watch points. Um, but the line has moved. It opened at six and a half like weeks ago. Um, with people kind of going back and forth, loving Casey at a touchdown. Now we get the news that Travis Kelsey apparently hyperextended his knee. Whether he sits out or not right now is a huge question mark, I think that, especially for fantasy owners. Um, But right now, I think that even without Kelsey in that offense, the number has now dropped to four and a half. I still love the Chiefs at four and a half. It feels like a steal. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if I'm crazy for that or, you know, if I'm still living in last year and, you know, this is a new season and, you know, get with it, old man. The the Lions are what's in. The Chiefs are out. I'm still I'm still an old school guy. I'm I'm sticking with the Chiefs here. I believe Kelsey's going to play. I I, do. In my heart of hearts, it feels like it. I think Jason Kelsey came out today uh, right before we recorded this and said that, you know, he'll be good to go. 
Uh, I don't think he's a doctor or anything, but I mean, it's it's an inside source for sure. That's a scoop. And they also have him on bet three six five as a minus one thirty eight anytime. Wow. So the fact that like he's you know he's still he's just there. You can take him the day before the game. He's yeah. an option for an anytime prop. That feels like he's gonna play. Uh, yeah, be a question mark. in the no on these things. Yeah, right. Like they wouldn't yeah. put something up that they weren't sure of. So it feels. Like I, there's a level of comfortability that Kelsey's going to suit up. Do we know mm-hmm. how much he's going to play? I don't know, but I think he's going to suit up and I lean chiefs as well, man. And I think I would have taken them at six and a half. I, I would have played the chiefs up until a touchdown. I feel like a square doing it, but I don't know. Like it's early in the season. You can't get cute. And I think that the biggest thing here in, in terms of getting cute is how does the coaching matchup look in this? Like a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of how Dan Campbell coaches the X's and O's on the field. And I think that going up against Andy Reid is like, it's like going up against like a grandmaster in chess. So I think that in this spot, Andy Reid's been preparing for this game, you know, the entire off season in terms of leading up to this game, you know, you have just kind of like a fe- feast in terms of being able to sit on this game for a few weeks and really dissect the Lions rather than catching them in a spot, you know, after they've traveled the week before or some shit like that. They're at home. It's just, it's not a great spot for the Lions. No, and and doesn't it feel like this moment might be too big for the Lions? Yeah. Right? Like it's I'm not saying this is a playoff game or anything, but No. This will be one of the top 10 most viewed games of the season. Yeah. Like by like it's gonna be in there at the end of the season, number one game of the year, Kansas City, Detroit, Thursday night football. This is gonna be a must watch game. And I think I'm not saying for Jared Goff. Jared Goff has played in a Super Bowl, like he's he's seen big moments, but just you know, Dan Campbell, like you said, and like there's you know, Jameer Gibbs, how is he gonna play in this rookie people rookie turn, debut? Dude. Like if people are thirsty for football and this gets to like two scores, maybe in the, in the first uh, quarter, like if we get like a 14, nothing or something, or, you know, like a 21 to seven going into half, people are going to be kind of pissed. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, just but in terms I, I of think... turning, like, I feel like the, the mob, like on Twitter during NFL games, especially ones that are all being collectively watched at the exact same time is so quick that like everything you've been building you you go and get like smashed by KC on opening night it's no longer like the cute hard fought loss it's like what are the lions doing yeah and mm, it's tough it is tough and I'll definitely I, be I, given some grace it's it's the fucking super bowl champs but yeah i feel like that kind of was the lions mo though last year they would get down in games and have those late exciting comebacks that you know like the fourth quarters of lions games are must watch last year and um it's obviously not a recipe for success like going down to sometimes three scores and having to come back and win these games but i guess the lions are kind of comfortable doing it if anyone is and i i got a prop i like damien i got i got i got a prop i like what is i'm uh I'm on Raw, St. Brown, anytime touchdown, plus 125. It's nothing crazy. I love that. It's it's not on your face, but I mean like plus money on him is is great. That's what I'm saying. I I think Detroit will get a touchdown in this game, and I would be surprised if it didn't come from him. They also have something that kind of opened my eyes. 
David Montgomery is plus 125 anytime, and Jameer Gibbs is plus 140. So I don't know if that's kind of telling you that Montgomery is going to be the starter. There's a lot of plus money on any times in this game. I was looking up the Sky Moore one to see what his numbers were like. It's plus 175. This ain't the CFL, I guess, anymore, right? This is wonderful, man. I've been, yeah, we've been in the dumps of betting on CFL anytime yeah. in the past few months. This is Just fantastic. Awful lines. Yeah. And I, MVS I don't know. MVS plus 225, dude. I'm going to have a ball. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look at Mahomes as well. Yep. Plus 225 as well. Yeah. There's a lot on the board that I like about this game. I think it's one of those games where. You try and use low units just so you can have a ton on the board and really just soak up that first game of gambling in terms of NFL lines. I love it. Yeah, just sprinkle it around everywhere. You know, yeah, this is a winner. That's a loser. This is a winner. And then somehow at the end of the night, you're you're just net even or you yes. know down $5, but you had a hell of a night. Exactly. You had a hell of a night. Exactly. Make sure you leave a little bit for the weekend. Uh, we're going to come back after the weekend and give you a weekend recap and then we will get into kind of our regular flow of doing previews and recaps um one before the weekend and then one after the weekend and yeah we'll launch full head on into this nfl season don't worry we're still going to be touching on college football on cfl like we usually do and we'll keep you updated this one was just too big to miss right now so i think that'll do it for this week at the goalpost patrick yeah, Damien, uh, like we said, it's just the best time of year, man. I'm really excited. Uh, you got the big three going at once, NFL, CFL, and NCAA. And uh, yeah, just can't wait to keep doing this. All right. See you, Patrick. See you, Damien. <laughs>